we're back again after our Christmas and New Year break with VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. And this week, it's a landmark edition, landmark episode, 100, not out our 100th episode. And uh, thanks to everyone who watches us every week, listens, listens to us. I know a lot of people listens to us on iTunes. Because, uh, I see We see the charts on there and it does very well. So thanks very much. And of course, don't forget, leave a review if you can. I'm Steve Lillis, and with me, as always, my co-host, John Evans. And look, when you're a century not out, there's only one man to call up. It's the chief of VIP boxing, Steve Wood. Steve, you're the only man we could have on for 100. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm okay, mate. Uh, Good break over the uh, Christmas and New Year period. I'm in Portugal as we speak now. I'm back full-time Wednesday and um, looking forward to getting into the new season, mate. Yeah, you're okay, John, as well. I don't want you to tell me you're not okay because I ignored no, you. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. Speak to the man who bankrolls us. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it's not going to be our usual one to six rounds every, every this week. But it was the same as we did this this very edition last year when we had Steve on and we chat about VIP boxing, big fights that could be happening this year. We're not going to keep you too long. We're not one of these pods that go on for hours and hours and you have to listen on the tube journey every, on the way home for two weeks before you get through one subject. Um, Steve, first of all, um, how many VIP shows this, this week? You sent me the list and I think, was it 19 or 20 you're going for? Well, we'll probably have to do a few more, but, you know, my plans was to do two a month, obviously forgetting January and... Um... August, but um, you know, at the moment, because it's hard to get venues, you've had to book them a little bit early. And I've planned them now, and I have got 19 at the moment. Um, probably do another, another two, so just looking for the quiet slots, and then um, we're in and we're away. And as you know, because you're helping out with the matchmaking now, um, we're starting to put some decent shows together. That's good. So, uh, I'll ask them. Um... You after I'll ask Steve first, John. Tell me um that you know you, what VIP boxing's aims are in 2023, Steve, first of all. Yeah. Do you know what? When you mentioned it was coming on today and I started to have a, a look back, I didn't realise that um we, we've got a few fellas to bring back who's had losses, haven't we? So uh when I started looking at that, I thought to myself, wow, it wasn't it wasn't a good 2022. So, you know, you, you, you've got, obviously, Josh Warrington um, only only last month lost his, his world title. The, the, the month before, Zelfa Barrett challenged for the world title and lost. Um, Brad Ray was being developed nicely and, and lost in a domestic English class, which uh, was unexpected. Mark Leach lost his... Uh, British title on on the way. The next one was going to be a European one, and Jack Cullen lost in the European title. So there's like five top quality kids there. That um, my main focus has obviously got to be in getting them back into the at least the level they were. You know, Zelford and, and and Josh. We need to try and get them to be world champions in the first probably six to nine months of 2023, and then Leachy Cullen and, and and Brad Ray. You know. Uh, domestic level, British titles um, at least by the end of the year. So um, it, it, it comes as a shock, really, that um, those five kids were all champions and looking like they was going on a big run and uh, they, they've ended. So that's the first one. But then I'm looking at the um, the young kids, like when I say young, the, the, the kids who are like between 
seven and oh and twelve and oh, you've got Aki Fiaz, Ben Marks, but Joe Howard, Corey O'Regan, and, and Brandon Diord. But again, I want them all fighting for British titles by um the end of the year if I can. I mean, they're good enough and um that we get the right fights for them and um they continue to improve like they have been doing, you know. Certainly Brandon Diod, I don't think anyone knows of him and uh I've been struggling to get a yeah. TV company behind me, but you know, if, if we can, he'll, he'll, he'll top the bill on the the Liverpool show on the fourth of March, and uh, I've got to do it for something, even if it's just the Eliminator. Um, but um, you know, so there's, there's good kids like that, and then if you start looking at the kids who are six and zero and under, your Levi Smiths, your Hazim Raymonds, your Ethan Browns, Lennox Livco, Jay Carrison, there's there's loads of kids that I need to kind of build up into the position the others are there. And then I just counted a load of names where they, they've really got to show what they made of this year. Sonny Taylor, Nathan yeah. Qualis, he was um, a bit unlucky in, in, in his last fight, which should have been for the title, and then he got pulled out and then he um, suffered an injury. Mickey Ellison's just had a, a great win away from home. Um, he, he's he's worth a title. Carl Lamotti, Jack Flatley, you know, um, he, he's challenged a few, but never seems to have got there. Mason Cartwright, I've offered him to two or three people. I mean, the latest one was the uh, the, the matchroom kid um, fighting in Liverpool on the 11th of March. The Black Thunder for Cap announced how they named him. But kind of mine, looks I, like they... I got Yarko, yeah. Yeah, it looks like they've they've turned him down, and uh, I mean I've got more Croft and Bennett into the board at the moment for the vacant welterweight. I don't know if that's going to get passed on Wednesday, but you know them two need need to to start challenging and getting into titles. Jake James is at, at that level now. Martin Rennie, Tom Farrell's had a few goals, won titles, and you know coming to the end of his career and ready for another goal. Kane Gardner, we just offered them for Dalton Smith. They're looking to do. Um, a voluntary defence for him, so um, we'll, we'll see if that happens. And we, Luke Evans and like Reese Moltz fighting for the English, so there's, there's there's loads and loads going on. And you know, like we've got places like Blackpool I want to develop with Tyron Boy and Price, Jake Abson, Jackson Hume. So there's loads and loads to go at. And um, my main thing now is, is to put the kids in good fights, fair fights, and if they're good enough, they'll win, won't they? If 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 they're not. To learn and, and, and come back, and, and that's what we're going to have to do, even in the level of Josh Warrington. We're going to have to come back and um, be champions again. John, let me ask you, um, which of the, the VIP fighters are exciting you at the moment? Couple, a couple of them. Um, Steve went through there. There's fighters on VIP at every level, isn't there? So you've got everything from world title to area title. There's going to be VIP fighters involved. I'll, I'll ask some, Steve something in a minute, whether that makes something difficult. But for me, two I've really liked is Jake Abrol. I, I like Jake, but from his debut, I thought he looked like he had something special. And Joe Howarth, who a lot of people won't have seen him. You know, if you're at home and you're listening to this, get on the YouTube page, the VIP YouTube page, and and look up Joe Howarth, because he's a little wrecking machine, isn't he? You know, he's a, a fan favourite, crowd pleaser, all action. I, I think he's made for TV, Joe Howarth. Those are the two that, that I like. Um, but... With you saying there's going to be fight VIP fighters all fighting for titles, Steve, I know you're interested in matching them together in these little tournaments because they can all see titles. Does that make that a little bit more difficult to do? Um, it, it, it does in a way, but they're going to have to accept it. I mean, even though 
And I was thinking about this before, even though there's so much TV, you've got your Dizone, your BTs, guys, your Channel 5s, and I believe in Channel 4 um, is coming into it, even though I've not seen any announcement on it yet. But um, it's like, you think with all those TV shows, you get more opportunities, but they're not happening. And, you know, like something Steve wants to speak about later on is about um, how we can improve boxing. I think it's got to start at the top end and I'd forget the promoters having to put good fights on. I, as a TV executive, would insist and make sure that they do because uh, there's too many good fighters fighting bums. And, and to say a bum, I shouldn't be saying that, but they're fighting 80, 20 fights and you know the, the worst they should have is a 60, 40 when they're on TV and they're being paid well. Yeah. Just before we move on from VIP, I'll ask you both a question. I'll start with you, John, first. Um, and I know you're you're you're, cl you're close to more more than mo most people work in on the media side of boxing. Where do you see Josh Warrington in twelve months? Yeah, I've not spoken to Josh since the fight. I think he's uh he was heartbroken by it, wasn't he, Steve? You know, I I think he's been keeping a a low profile. But I think I said after the fight, after after seven rounds, I started worrying a little bit. For Josh when he fought Lopez he, it looked like things were hurting him Lopez was in his rhythm but the thing I liked about Josh that night his chin's good his chin's still there he, he he came through stuff but he had that heart and that desire didn't he to pull the fight back over the last third and he really closed it up on the scorecards so I don't think there's anything to worry about about him gone off the end of a cliff or anything like that I, I think he's Steve will know more about what the plan is than me but He's a shoo-in for another world title fight purely because of the the crowd he brings, the style of fighting, and how pop, how big he's become. I would hope to see the Lee Wood fight by summer. That, that, that's what I would hope for. Dave, I mean, there's a few options with him, isn't there? I mean, going on to the fight, John, uh, it was a close fight. I'm not denying that, but um, we we were all disappointed that as a champion and a, a champion at home. Um, they should come and rip the title off you. And he didn't do. And and Josh Comfley won the last four rounds. Yeah, that's are we saying he didn't win two are we saying he didn't win two of the first yeah. first first eight? I mean Well you know, Lopez I, was I really him. good for six or seven, but then he got on his bike and he, he was complaining and arguing and buying time. And as you say, mm. that that's not ripping the title away, is it? No, and 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 the other thing thing is, you know what I mean, they could have, could have helped us a little bit, you know, he, he had one thing where they give him a minute break because he'd been hit on his leg and yeah. he kind of called that minute break, he kind of stops, it was it was unbelievable, the referee would let him get a breather and he was letting him get in breathers with um, the holding and he warned him and warned him and warned him, never took a point off him, you know uh, that would have made, it, made a big difference for us, but you know as you say, it was a, a slow start from Josh and that's normal not what he's like. He's normally straight into it. And I think um, the nose went very quickly, didn't it, Steve? I don't, sorry? His nose went very quickly and that seemed to throw well, him off he, he says he wasn't affected by that, but uh, he, he said he was a bit apprehensive on two things. One was, obviously, he's thinking he's probably his last fight at Leeds and he, he's never lost at Leeds and didn't, didn't want to get beat at Leeds and didn't expect to get beat at Leeds. And then, then uh, he was a bit apprehensive but his jaw, because uh, you know, obviously the, the the fight before, even though he won, he he suffered a broken jaw. So uh, he was fighting with a plate in it for the first time, and he said he was a bit apprehensive. So um, 
they're just little things that you know you can always find excuses. But I, I just felt that he deserved as a champion to to keep it. And we we've said we're up for the rematch if we if we can get it. But you know, if not, I would presume Eddie will be looking at the uh, winner of Lara and uh, Woodfellers, which will be a big fight. I just don't want to wait too long now before he, he gets back out. Yeah, well, well, we want to see him in big fights in 2023, and I'm sure there's going to be at least one big fight for Josh this year. Um, big fights you expect to happen involving British fighters in 2023. I mean, I haven't said a lot tonight so well because Steve's been defluent and uh, in in his uh, views. Uh, but um, the one I still think we're going to see this year, and I know everyone's going to go mad when it gets announced, if it gets announced, is Ben Eubank. Yeah, what do you think, John? I agree. I I think all that, all that controversy made it even bigger. Of course, bigger it than it ever it's, it's it's gone from a big arena fight to a stadium, a stadium fight. fight. Yeah, if, if you back get past Liam Smith, the build-up will start literally the next day, won't it? Yeah. And I, yeah, I think we'll find a way around this uh, drug situation. Well, I've, even I've if, even. Even if they said you're getting a nine-month ban and backdate it, yeah. it's over by the summer. Let's just see what happens first. We can't preempt, you know, no but, one said he's guilty or not guilty yet. But it's so big, isn't it, now? It's become so big. The bad blood's gone to another level. The attention from not just boxing fans, everybody, people who might have just took a passing interest in the two sons of people who once new fighting, their interest all gone to another level. It's the, I think it's the... Fury Joshua Park is the biggest all-British fight you can make, I think. Yeah. Steve? I, I don't think it'll happen, me. I, I think, uh, and I'm glad about it, eventually uh, the drug situation's kind of been highlighted to the level where people are getting fed up with it now. Oh, yeah. Fed up with the way that they was trying to uh, let, let it happen without people knowing that it failed not one, but two drug tests. And... Um, I feel now there's such a stigma on that. And, you know, the last I heard was probably three weeks ago when he said, uh, we've been cleared, we've proven we're innocent, but yeah. nobody's seen anything. It, it, yeah. It's just it's just a mess. Yeah. Well, wasn't uh, it? A, didn't he present a 270-page explanation? Yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, John. You know what? 270 pages, does it? It sounds awful. Mm. You, know, you wonder what percentage of big-name fighters are on gear. And I've said this a lot on here, and it's almost as if, you might as well just, I think this sometimes. Tell you what, we're going to test you all, but if you all go on it, continue, because so many fighters get off with it now for some excuse or another. So, you know, if, if you if you, if you you found it, carry on fighting, and we'll put a little asterisk on Box Rex saying drug drugs failure. You know, that that's what it's getting to. And that's yeah. what I do. It, it's nuts. I remember years ago, a uh, prominent American journalist. Back in the 90s, this, this issue was raising and no one was getting caught at all. Someone said, I remember, I'm not going to say who the journalist was. It was a prominent American journalist. It was during the 90s heavyweights um, um, when it was going through a good era. And um, they said to me, if I had a heavyweight boxer I was managing who was a prospect, first thing I'd do would, would be put him on the juice because he won't get caught. <laughs> you know? It's a shame, isn't it, when 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 it's like that, but, um, you know, some somewhere along the lines, and there's a massive cost to it. We we've, we've got to start testing a little bit more than, than we do because, like, you can speak to fighters, and I've got plenty of fighters who are who are, who have had twenty fights and never had a drug test. Yeah, yeah it's it's unbelievable that, isn't it? Uh, 
that that's a number of fighters that have said that even elite fighters who say they were tested once or twice in their life. Anyway, other big fights, and just one I want to mention because I want to get because John was spoke about it the other week, and I love getting John talking about this fight. Fury against the Juggernaut, John. Are we going to see it this year? I think we'll see it this year. I think September, October in a stadium somewhere in Great Britain. I think we're going to see uh, the Juggernaut steaming straight towards Tyson Fury, and I can't wait. You won't we'll be able to sleep for a week. The Juggernaut's our favourite heavyweight, isn't he, Steve? Yeah, I love him. You won't be able to sleep for a week, John, will you? <laughs> quite... any, well, any, other, John, any other fights you want to see, wins. Steve? Yeah, I, I, want, I, want, I want to see I want, two wins in the juggernaut and Fiori, John. Uh, okay, speak to me. Let speak to me after I've seen Fiori and Usyk. You know but what? Joyce jo- 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 just looks. You can stand him on his head for six rounds, but he's just going to keep coming yeah. and coming and coming and coming. You know what? The only thing you will say that will put me off. He's one of those fighters, Joe. That when he when the night does come and he's past the sell by date. That's yeah. going to be it. The tree's down. It's not getting back up. It's one of those who'll never be the same again. That's my. He's just that type of fight. He could go over. He could. He could thrill us for another 12, 18 months. And one night, he could go over from a jab, and that'll be it for one of those type of fighters. But yeah. while he's here, I love every minute of uh, the juggernaut, and even better, yeah, and, he's from South London. So, and as good as Fury, as good as Fury, Fury's number one at the minute. As good as he's been, he does get hit. You know, he, he does. Wilder was hitting him and stuff. Chisora wasn't a a good enough test. Chisora's way past it. He couldn't put any pressure on him. Dillian White didn't turn up on the night. But, you know, if you put it on Fury, people like Otto Walling did it, didn't they? If you put it on Fury, if you can get close, you can have your success. So I I tell you what, it'll be an entertaining one as well, won't it? So so we're we're writing Oshkosh here because I've got like four fights in the world, not not the domestic ones. And Oshkosh Fury was one. And... um, You know, I know the size difference and everyone, the reach, everyone's not giving him a prayer, but, you know, he's a clever fighter. And, you know, I, I think he's a 50-50. No, I, I'm not writing him off at all. We're just talking about fights we think we'll see. I'm not right. I just said, I think that's a really hard fight for Fury if it takes place. It's talk of March 4. I know that's the, the working date for the fight, March the 4th. Well, I believe it's March the 4th, the working date. And, you know, and after that fight, Fury will need another seven, eight months out before he takes on the juggernaut. But um, I just I, think, I think Fury's Usyk size will... will come into play in a, a later on in that fight. Yeah, I think Usyk will, will land plenty on him early. But the thing Fury has got, the other heavyweight's got, Fury won't mind making it a stinker. Fury will lean on him and make it messy yeah, and, and mess him about and use his weight. Mm. Joshua seemed to be obsessed with trying to outbox him and box with Usyk, didn't he? Um, Fury won't worry about that. If Fury's getting pinged off those left hands, he'll just start walking him down, leaning on him, mauling him and, and just make it a stinker. And, yeah, and I, get agree I, I agree with you. I agree. I think Fury might just be clever enough to beat him on points. Any other fights for you, Woody, before we move on? Well, yeah, well, the other three I've got down there, we just move them quickly. It looks like Geronti Davis and um, Ryan Garcia, which is going to be my favourite fight of the year. It's going to happen. Looking forward to that. Crawford v Spence was hot, wasn't it? At the end of last year, has gone cold. I'm thinking it'd be good if he could pull that over there. And expecting Bertie Bev to beat um, Yarder. I'd love to see him and Bibble with the two Russians fight each other. I think that would be an absolute brilliant fight. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk about Bertie if you are, but two of the fights you mentioned there, Javonta 
Garcia and Crawford Spence. I don't know how John feels, but I'll just say I believe them two fights happen when I actually see the ring walks. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, I, fingers crossed, you know, especially Tank against Garcia, you know, that one's really, really got my attention at the moment. The only one thing I'd like to see in boxing this year is these young fighters like Davis and Garcia, if they do fight, the winner doesn't use that win to go into almost semi-retirement and we only see them once a year after that. I hope the winner, we're into like a new era of boxing where the winner sees just how much attention and praise they get for winning a fight like that and they take it on and, and stay at that level. I think it'd be really sad if Tank knocked out Garcia or, God, Garcia puts Tank over one of those right hands and then we don't see him until next May. I think we, we need these now young stars to yeah. be active and keep fighting and keep fighting. Yeah. What do you think our boxing can change for the better this year, Steve? Obviously, activity is something John's brought up a lot on the pod and seeing these guys busy. What do you? What would you like to see, Steve? Well, that's one of the notes I put down here. The, the, the bigger fighters have got to fight a, a minimum three times a year. So I think we've, we've got to see them more active. I've already touched on it that I think the... Fights have got to be more competitive now, particularly because there's so much competition from the, the TV <laughs> companies that it's diluting the audience for the sponsors to, to get involved. And like I think you'll start seeing advertising drop down. And I read a report the other day that Sky have already lost 13% of their subscribers in, in 2022, not because they're doing anything wrong. This is like not boxing, but just as a group, simply because of the uh, the market. I think that that'll be affected by the the illegal users, and obviously the fact that there's is a worldwide um, economy problem, isn't there? And uh, the spare cash to be paying for Dissolve, to be paying for BT, to be paying for Sky, it's not there. And they are going to stop them all or they're going to pick and choose what they was going to do. So I think boxing fans now will be picking the ones that are putting the good fights on. And I think the TV companies need to turn out these promoters and say, I'm not giving you loads of money unless you're putting value for money on because uh, some of the shows last year were stinkers. Yeah, you know what? I, I would all... The thing I love... Is some one thing I would love is also so another thing John has spoken about before on the pod, TV companies to get together and stop these these date clashes with fights. It, it's mm. ridiculous. It doesn't happen in any other sport where you get different. You know, you have, you won't get two Premier League matches on the same time. You know, it's it's just unheard of. I just think BT Sky need to get together and when, and then when there's two major nights on the, because that is just diluting the audience and that's killing it for advertisers. It's not doing them any favours either. Yeah. It does nothing. You know, uh, we said it, didn't we? Um, Sky could be building up a young prospect who looks really good. He, he's progressing nicely. He's starting to gain a bit of a following. And But because there's two other shows on at the same time, they just get completely and utterly overlooked, overshadowed by everything else. And, it doesn't do anything for building prospects, let alone drawing attention to a full show. It's just a, it's a mad, mad way of doing it. And I just think it's all down to ego between the big promoters. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll move on because we haven't put enough money in the meter to keep speaking for much longer. I know you're in Portugal having a break, Steve, when you're looking hungry. So uh, what boxers are going to be... That's hung- what's going for 8 o'clock, mate. All right. Right. Okay. Well, we're not going to keep you much longer. Who are the hungry prospects this year? British, Steve, for you. 
I've had a chance to uh, to look up on that one there. I mean, I could talk a, a few, and we mentioned like that Joe Howarth, but like John didn't mention, he, he had no amateur experience, you know, and um, he he come from white collar and he, he bowled over the three toughest journeymen in the country that, you know, had like 100 fights each and been stopped once or twice and he smashed the three of them and stopped them all in, in his first fight. So we've been bringing the tough nigger wagons over to get the rounds in with him. So he's like 7-0 and 0 and going in the, in, the, in the right direction. But again, no TV company's interested in him. I have asked a few, but, you know, um, it, it's like they've all got their own little clicks and they're rolling out the same people. And like I said before, they wouldn't kind of put Joe in with one of them because um, it'd be too much of a test for them. But, um, you know, there's, there's some good kids coming along and uh, I've watched some on BT that, that, that are there. I've seen some a boxer and, you know... You've got to admire what he's doing with his Adam is in. I believe he's topping the bill on February yeah, 11th. He's a good fight. Great matching as well, February 11th. And I'm beating Nicaraguan. You know, looks good on paper, 11, 12, and 0. But if you look at it, he had a split decision win over Robin Zamora, who you use a lot. So you know he's level. So it's another knockout win, but perfect matching by Carl Greaves. Yeah. Who are your prospects, John? You know, he's not even fought yet. But if you listen to the if you listen to the rumours around the circuit and yeah, yeah know he gets up to inspiring, Moses Itama is going to be that's my name down here, yeah. Um, we don't won't mention rumours and names and stuff like that, but apparently he's mustered, isn't he? Yeah, you know, he, 16, told... 17 year old lads been been giving well established top top fighters all they can possibly handle. If he's built properly, he, he's going to rock it through, rock it through these you know, earlier, lower rankings of the heavyweights. And people are going to be talking about titles by the end of the year, I think. He's turned over this quick. Um, I was told about him two years ago. I was warned there's his kid. You might have heard of him the same time, John. I don't know if you've been aware of him, Steve. Uh, I was told because he was going to these amateur tournaments, not just winning on points, but chinning good people in them. Top fighters, top youth, top juniors. And I've been told that he's turned over literally now on his 18th birthday. He wants to be the youngest world champion ever. He's that serious about that. He's obsessed by it. And well, I've got well, a great it, follower of the amateurs, so um, I've not I've not even come across him until I've seen um, the announcement of it and um, I started reading it. I'm thinking, wow, I should have heard of this kid because he looks like he's going to be uh, the new Mike Tyson, the way yeah. he's talking. Yeah, and I know, you know, with you know, and he's someone, you know, like Frank's got, you know, a lot of fighters there, and I'm not sure, you know, a lot of them, you know, oh, he keeps an eye on his stable, but there's certain fighters Frank will take, be very hands-on with, and I'd lay, I'd lay my money that Frank's hands-on with every single fight with this this prospect. He's got another one as well, hasn't he? Um, I was speaking to him the other day. He's a good character, actually. Uh, he's, I think he's might just be 20, might even be 19. Tommy Fletcher's going to become yeah. heavyweight. He's, yeah, he's leveling people. You know, he's yeah. had three fights and he's completely flatlined. Three people, cruiserweight, six foot seven. He's going to be a heavyweight within 18, 20 months. And he's a big, big puncher as well and a big character. Mm. So there's some, you know, big knockout artists, which sometimes it's what British fighters lack, isn't it? When we move into world class, they've not got that fight ending power. But it looks like we've got a, a fair few now who can we've really... We've got a few. Really and Adam Azim is also yeah. a big one of mine. I think the same as you, Steve. Yeah. 
We spoke yeah, about as in before. Twenty twenty-three. I'd say, well, well, we let better let you go, Steve, because you're excited for your dinner at eight o'clock, mate. What, what, what do you get down there in Portugal, Steve? Pardon? You go down to a front and get the sardines, or what do you get? Are you a seafood person? Look at him. He's, yeah, some, like... he's some sulfur. He's all he's, he's, he's steak, mixed grill every night, mate. Mr. Wood, your favorite table. And there's a there's a but what them ones with a big <laughs> bone, them steaks that ever happens. Or the guy turns it like that. He's he's a meat and veg man. He's from Salford, John. Come on. <laughs> anyway. Steve, thanks for you coming. Know what, on. I can't even get a pint of bitter, but I did get a um, what they call a porter there, which is like a stout. So I did all right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Steve. Thanks, thanks for joining us tonight, Steve. I'll speak to you on Wednesday, mate, when you're back. John, thanks as always. Thanks very much, everyone who, who's tuned in and watched. And next week we'll be back to our six rounds. We just wanted everyone to see what's happening at VIP and all the names that are coming through at VIP Boxing, who you're going to hear about on VIP shows and hopefully TV shows. First VIP show, February 25 in Doncaster. Is that right, Steve? So on, mate, yeah. Well, so get you to, if you're in Doncaster, get along there that night. Thanks very much, everybody. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.